everybody, and welcome to a podcast about Seth MacFarlane's hit animated TV series, Family Guy. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know that I have a bit of an interest in this show, and I kind of wanted to genuinely discuss it because me and my friends here, um, we're all seriously interested in this show and find it way more fascinating and bizarre and weird than its cultural reputation suggests. So I decided it was finally time for a group of people to do a serious deep dive on this. Anyways, I'm joined by my friends uh, Ty at Bobo underscore Circus on Twitter and Andy, who you may know as uh, Communist Kaiju or X underscore Anarcho Anon on Twitter. So I'm just going to ask you both, Ty, what interests you about Family Guy? What do you what do you find so fascinating about it? I mean, this is kind of embarrassing. I genuinely think that for a stretch, it was a very good television show. I mean, when I go to sleep, a lot of times what I have to do is I need like white noise, but white noise won't work. So I have to like put on people talking and that's the only thing that gets me to sleep. And for like a stretch of maybe a year or whatever, I would just put on Family Guy because it's like that perfect level of the structure's fine, but it's not like funny enough that it's going to distract me. And I just, whether it was just from osmosis or anything, I ended up getting really into Family Guy. I think it's a legitimately engaging piece of media. Yeah, I, I agree. There's definitely a lot of that show that is genuinely, without any irony, really good. Yeah. And um, I think that with the advent of stuff like Family Guy Funny Moments, we're, we're finally starting to realize that there are some really good jokes on that show and even some bad jokes that sort of have this, like, demented brilliance to them. What about you, Andy? What, uh, what got you into the show? Well, you know, I, I think the thing that got me into the show is the same thing that got most people who watch the show from my generation, uh, being in middle school and just watching Family Guy on the internet because it's the, it's a cartoon where they say fuck and shit, and that's funny, that's good, that's instant comedy when you're, like, 12. Um, my, like, general impressions on the show comes from, like, well, let me rephrase that. My opinion on the show is that... Like, I started watching it when, you know, when I was a dumb 12-year-old. I came back to it through, you know, funny enough, those Family Guy funny moment compilations, just watching them, like, sort of mindlessly on YouTube. What I, I... I'm not sure if I, like, consistently agree with that Family Guy is a good show, but I think I could make the argument that, like, the stuff that I, you know, watched when I was a kid, at least, like, seasons, I don't know, four through, like, seven to eight, are at least decent for what they are. Um, I do have a lot of nostalgia for it, and I do like a lot of it. And even Modern Family Guy has a lot of entertainment. I think the worst thing that people, like, get, get from Family Guy is that it's just like modern zombie Simpsons. That it is just this disposable, trash, like, completely soulless medium. Family Guy is not that. No. I, I don't know if it's good, but it's not that. We could not do a podcast on... It's like Simpsons season 22 or whatever. Oh, no, no. We would kill ourselves because it's just so, like, soulless and a shell of itself. Family Guy, I think, has a lot of jokes that are like that. There are a lot of Family Guy, like, a lot of Family Guy scenes have that same soulless energy. But then the show will just do something, like, you know, I think absurdly dark. Because I think a lot of, like, Family Guy's success 
is that, like, because after, you know, season three it got canceled but came back thanks to Adult Swim reruns, it does have kind of that early 2000s Adult Swim energy, but on a network-friendly show. So you get kind of a mi- a weird mix of the two. And also, like, Modern Family Guy season not after season, like, nine or whatever is just completely, like, insane for what it is. Not necessarily good, but insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I would make, I would make, sorry, can I jump oh, in? Oh, absolutely. I would make the argument, I think, that the fact that it got revived by the reruns in that way is probably, like, a big piece of the DNA of why Family Guy is such a fucking weird show. Because, I mean, based, like, they gave them the blank check and they were like, people like you too much for you to go away even though we canceled you. Like, I feel like that gives them, like, a yeah. kind of confidence that a lot of shows don't have. And they're just like... My, I mean, we can't get canceled. Fuck it, let's do this. Well, like, we are a pop culture institution. Yeah, that like, def- definitely hit it. Yeah. And I think also you can sort of feel a lot of the, like, after the post-cancellation, a lot of, like, Aqua Team and Hunger Force and Harvey Birdman, sort of, like, that era of Adult Swim bleeding in into its comedy. Right. Um, yeah, what I, I, I will talk about this more when we get to, like, season eight or nine, but... You can definitely feel that after cancellation, there's this weird mix of, like, spite seeping in. And then this, like, slow realization as the show goes on that it can't be canceled. And so Seth MacFarlane is just kind of trapped in this, like, I have no mouth and I must scream situation with the show. Where he just will do anything he wants to and uh, the show will just keep on doing that. And so it got to the very rare point on syndicated television where it can do anything and everything and it has absolutely no restrictions. And normally that wouldn't yield anything interesting, but Seth MacFarlane, I think, is such a genuinely interesting and very talented person that his interests take him into very bizarre places. I think I wanted to jump back to uh, how I got into the show. And I wanted to say that I, you know, I, like Andy, I watched a lot of it as a teenager. Uh, My parents did not like me watching it, uh, but I did anyways since I had run out of Simpsons episodes. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just watch Family Guy. Actually, that's funny. I think I got into Family Guy before Simpsons. You see, I never, I... Yeah, you know, I, I agree. My dad showed me it for the first time when I was like, I think 13 or 14 and I, I had just never watched the Simpsons just like it just had never come across me I saw like maybe part of the movie in like a couple episodes but I think Family Guy was like actually a touchstone no, wait, for me I remember like TV was. wise yeah I, I've watched that but I actually saw the Simpsons movie in theaters um did you yes really? yes I was like nine <laughs> with my dad um I didn't see it in theaters I, but I saw it like eight times on TV I don't think I'm not that movie's not Golden Age good, but I at least argue that it's it's better than the seasons. Slightly, be- at least slightly better than the seasons that were airing at the time. Maybe it's just nostalgia. Um, the, um, with, yeah, no, I watched it. I don't think I ever actively enjoyed it, but, you know, when you're like 13 years old, what else are you going to watch? Right. I got It's the rude cartoon. Yeah, like, it's the rude cartoon, yeah. and... The show does have this, like, even at its worst, it sort of has this perversely hypnotic quality where it's just, like, a baseline level of kind of there. It's like white noise, basically. And they'll be, yeah, like... exactly. That's why I fall asleep to it. Yeah, and then there'll like, be, like, one or two yeah. really good jokes per episode that'll kind of throw you. But 
Yeah, I what happened was is that when the sort of ironic revival started to happen with Family Guy funny moments, my my friend Bennett, um, he would search it up on the TV whenever we were hanging out, and it just became the sort of endurance test for us just watching it. And we kind of came to realize like how weird the anatomy of the show is and how like bizarre some of the jokes are. And then I started watching more and more compilations, and then it led me down this rabbit hole of kind of quasi obsession with the show and a genuine fascination with now, how it's become this cultural phenomenon, despite having almost by design, no appeal whatsoever, especially now, now to be fair. Um, I, I just want to say those family guy funny moments. Those are just exist to, to create content on YouTube for the sake of content. But I want to, I want to talk about that. Like you mentioned, like the show has no audience now. That is also, I think the thing in, uh, about Family Guy that's interesting is that, like, you can definitely tell, even after, like, season nine or whatever, like, once they realized, like, they were never going to get canceled, just did whatever they thought of for the first draft, um, you can still feel the show changing. Like, it's writing, it's it's comedy. Oh, it's for Even, sure. like, yeah. especially, again, to go that, this is, Family Guy, like, has, in, in like, it's, like, when Family Guy hit quote-unquote zombie Family Guy, it still has more variety and creativity than anything in Zombie Simpsons. Um, Absolutely. It, it's, I, I would I would rather watch, like, the worst episode of, like, season 18 Family Guy than, like, the best episode from, like, season 25 Simpsons or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not in the writer's room or anything. I, I almost feel like part of that is because Simpsons, like, has the weight of expectation yes. on it. Like, it can't get too weird, even, you know, now that it's... It also is never going to get canceled because it has that kind of shadow of, like, oh, well, this is, you know, the greatest. And I think Family Guy just is able, like, freer to make those kind of wild swings just because, like, no one thought Family Guy was fucking good. They thought it was, like, frat trash that got enough hits, you know, on Adult Swim that they you know it brought in enough ad bucks like yeah the simpsons always in its golden age kind of grounded itself more than a lot of cartoons did um that's not to say the show was like always entirely realistic i think that when people complain right. about you know the zaniness of later seasons they're not wrong but you know as far back as like season but four had, like, yeah, whatever, yeah like there was like, still some once you hit last exit to springfield that's when the show just fucking went full zany joke but it at least kept it mostly to cutaways instead of like integrating it into the plot yeah but the um the simpsons always at least had this pretend like pretense to realism that family guy right. like starting in like season two of family guy they completely cut loose and as time went on they got more and more chances to do just random shit to the point where there's a lot of episodes um, later on post-cancellation that feel like they were done on a dare. And I think that sort of like perverse anti-anything is really interesting. Something just occurred to me that I kind of want to spitball with like the way like Family Guy post like season uh, six or whatever uh, handles its... its um continuity sorry i just shut the door there it, it kind of almost feels like a continuation of the the scully era of simpsons like seasons 9 through 12 in sort of that increased gross out jokes yeah. peter sort of being jerk ass homer uh like the, the sub like family guy constantly having like subtle like 
continuity changes. Like, like Jillian and Brian's relationship feels like something right out of that era of The Simpsons, especially. Ty, I don't know how familiar with The Simpsons are you. Have you seen anything from The Simpsons? I, I had a period where I, like, watched the episodes that people know are best. Like, uh, Cape Fear is the one with Sideshow Bob, yeah. like, the big one, yeah. right? I've watched that, like, a couple dozen times oh, or whatever. You know, I, I've seen I've seen Simpsons, but, like, I, I do not have the grounding in it that I think you two do. Like, I cannot name the showrunners or, the or you know, the different eras. I mean, I ever. haven't sat down and properly binged the series, but... Um... You know, I, I'm I'm familiar with the different eras, and I and I have like a lot of favorite episodes. Mostly, like um, the more I think about it, season six is probably my favorite Simpsons season. Um, for, for the audience, I'll, I'll just fill in with a little Simpsons history right here, since I think this is the best place to do it. Yes, uh, the golden age of the Simpsons is generally agreed to start waning around season eight. There's some debate as to whether or not it's cut off there or if it's like a steady decline, but. There was a huge change where around season eight of The Simpsons, most of the most important people on the team left to do Futurama. Some like uh, Josh Weinstein and Bill Oakley just kind of got, you know, burnt out from doing all this stuff. So they you know, left. Um, uh, they were the showrunners. And some people like Brad Bird went on to yes. do other things. Obviously, you know, The Incredibles, Mission Impossible 4. But, um, oh shit! He was on The Simpsons. Yeah, he was the creative consultant for seasons one through eight. And he did, and he, uh, he also directed quite a few episodes, especially the uh, seasons like early seasons. Like I know he directed some of the best episodes, like seasons uh, two and three. Um, yeah, that's wild. I had no idea. Yeah, no. With um, when this happened in season nine, uh, the show got handed over to Mike Scully, uh, who you know who had been on the team for a while, and he kind of pushed the show in a different direction where it was a bit, you know, weirder and darker and there was more gross out stuff. Part of that was just like general, like, you know, the show's been on forever now. We're trying new things, but it definitely feels like that era of the Simpsons moves pretty seamlessly into family guys. First couple seasons to the point where the best episode of the Scully era Simpsons Homer versus the state of New York City or the city of New York. There's like a season two episode that feels kind of like them trying to redo that episode. Um, so I'm glad you pointed that out, Andy. Yeah, yeah, and also like you meant you mentioned like sort of the decline. I just throw my two cents in. My opinion is um, the Scully era. It's good episodes. I'd argue were as good as Golden Age, but it it definitely like. Its worst episodes are the worst episodes of the entire show, and then the slow decline afterwards. Simpsons, it wasn't like a like a death nail, or was it? It was in a period of like rapid inconsistency, and then just zombification. Yeah, um, although I will say what of that era is that if had Simpsons kind of stayed like that for as long as it has, we might be able to talk about that show more. Where yeah, once it got handed over to Al Jean, it's just become like just this gray blob of celebrity cameos, but. Uh, Back to Family Guy, we Thank talked God. a little bit about, you know, the whole Family Guy funny moments phenomenon, and uh, we'll certainly discuss this more as time goes on, but one thing, I I think the reason why the show is so well-suited to, you know, funny moments compilations more so than The Simpsons or even, like, South Park is that so many of, so much of the structure of the show is based around jokes first and, like, everything else second, or eighth more realistically yeah. so there's well i mean and, and 
in in season like seven or eight, which is where I maintain that the show really hit its stride. You you really find like most of, or maybe not most of, but a solid a good number of the actual plots of the episodes are basically just like shells or like vessels for the jokes that they want to tell. And I mean, I mean, I think you are totally right in that. Like the the thing that kind of makes Family Guy unique is that it, it is really just rapid fire jokes and just hoping that enough of them land that it kind of makes up for the more dead air, which is kind of something that you were talking about earlier, where it's like most of it is pretty C-grade material, and then there will be one or two that really stick it. And I think that I think that, that and the whole funny moments thing is kind of... It is because, like, yeah, the show is built as, like, jokes that are loosely tied together by a, you know, cursory plot. Yeah, I um I remember a while ago on a stream, Todd uh, Todd uh, Nathanson, the YouTuber, he said that he described the show's approach to comedy as slash and burn, and I think that's kind of a pretty apt description. That um you know the show will do anything in search of the joke, and that generally yields really interesting results that I think are best suited to that kind of compilation structure. Well, well, not just that, but it's also the fact that um, outside of maybe shows like like uh, the, the the critic as as an earlier example, Family Guy has extremely self-contained cutaways. Like the Simpsons cutaways are always kind of relevant to the plot or more narrative focused usually, whereas Family Guy it is just hey, here is a completely isolated scene you can co- uh, copy and paste onto YouTube with context free because the the punchline and all of like the parts of the joke are in there um all of the best jokes on the simpsons requires some like context uh even cape fear which is like the most i feel like it's like the closest thing the golden age simpsons ever did to a family guy episode that one like you still kind of have to know like sideshow bob and like what the history is there where uh family guy like we said is just kind well, of except, except the for the best joke of the episode which is hello mr thompson <laughs> what were you saying uh what were you saying ty oh i was uh have you guys ever seen the seth mcfarlane cavalcade of comedy yeah i've, I've seen, seen some of, of it i mean i really do feel like that's that's kind of, family guy is like hampered by the fact that it can't be that like i, re- I really feel like that is what seth wants to do like more than anything and like Family Guy's weakness comes from the fact that he just can't do that on a, you know, primetime TV show. I think a yeah. lot of also, um... Like, because it's, it's literally just, like, throwaway gags or, like... It's, like, a collection of cutaways, pretty much. And, like, I think if Seth could make a show that was that, he would drop Family Guy in an instant. Because, like, that is clearly what he prefers. Yeah. I think... I think also, um part of like Seth's interest is like he tried experimenting with like feature films which is kind of the opposite direction and when like you know the first, Ted did well but like I don't I heard the Wild West one bombed and I, I did not hear anything about Ted too so it's you know I feel like Seth MacFarlane is just kind of grinding his wheels at this point well he did do the Orville and I, I heard good reception about that yeah did you really I wonder if the Orville will be finally what sinks the family guy empire um, probably not, but probably that'd not. be so funny if it was not a failure that caused Family Guy's demise, but a success. That'd feel fitting. Well, um, you know, we're going to be going season by season on here, I think, because there isn't enough um, meat per episode where, as a season, we get to view them whole 
Although there are like choice episodes per season that we'll dive more in depth in since there is some episodes that are pretty dense and would require like a full hour or so. And we might go back and cover certain part of the shows after we, we finish the, the season. Yeah. So, or maybe like once right. the new se- next season airs, we'll cover that. Or maybe American Dad or Cleveland Show or the movies. You know, there's so much Seth MacFarlane to cover in so little time. Yeah. So, um... He, he makes a lot of shit. Like, in the past 20 years, he has made truly a tremendous amount of television. Oh, God, I just realized we're going to have to ho- watch the Oscars he hosted. <laughs> uh, no, we, no, we don't have to do that. I remember that. Um, we will He's have to talk bad. about the Armand White review of the Oscars he hosted and his very verbose defense of the song, I Saw Your Boobs. So... I think that about wraps up what we're trying to accomplish uh, with this show, with this podcast, and why we're doing this in-depth dive into the show. Before I send off, uh, Andy, Ty, do you want to add anything? The Unabomber was right, and you should emulate him. Um, what about you, Andy? I don't know how uh, how I can follow that up, but um, yeah, uh, I hope this doesn't end up being a mistake. I guess um, that yeah. is very fair. That is very fair. Um, I've been watching, you know, a couple episodes a night while I do, like, physical therapy and stuff, and I'm already starting to feel, like, the brain rot really sinking in. Especially these first couple seasons with your dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, that'll be it for um, the intro episode of These Good Old Fashioned Values. Uh, next time, we'll talk about season one of the show and, more specifically, how the show in season one is nothing like the monstrosity that we'd all come to know. And love. All right. See ya, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Season two. Season two. Season two.